The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders on the planet. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Conrad, who is an entrepreneur and principal at Epic Insurance Brokers. Sean joins me now from California. Welcome to the show, Sean. Nick, it's great to see you and thank you for having me on the program. Appreciate it. Sean, it's great to have you on the show today. I've been looking forward to interviewing you for quite a while now and I'm really interested to hear about the great work that's going on there at, at Epic Insurance Brokers. Before we start with that, though, Sean, would you mind giving our listeners a bit more information about your background, your career, some of the things that you're involved with and the steps that sort of led to you joining Epic? Yeah, certainly. Uh, You know, like a lot of people that I think you've spoken to, Nick, in our industry, it's one that maybe a lot of people don't initially select when they think about their career planning as they're coming out of schooling. And that was certainly the case with me. If I go back to my 20-year-old self, I was intent at the time on going right from undergrad to law school and thought I wanted to go complete my education that way and become a judge. That was my thinking at the time uh, as a 20-year-old. I put myself through undergrad and realized I had student loans to start paying back as soon as my schooling ended and thought I need to start working and start uh, creating some income to pay those back. And as it happened, I had a couple of family friends in the insurance industry ended up taking a position inside of a claims department within an insurance company. And that was my introduction to the industry. Now, initially, I thought, I'll do this for a year or so, go on to law school. What I was not prepared for was just how warmly embraced I was by the leadership team within that insurance company. I ended up working closely with a number of directors that had legal backgrounds. And as a 21-year-old, I was very quickly moved into a position where I was running a small team of claims examiners. I had signing authority to settle complicated and or challenging bodily injury cases. And I had the checkbook. And I thought this was a fascinating combination at that age to have the negotiating power with attorneys on the other side of the table. So I learned a lot. That was my introduction to the industry. And as time went on, got to meet more and more people and realized just how big and vast the insurance industry as a whole is in the United States and obviously globally. And today, you know, I'm just such a proponent of the work that we do because in my opinion, nothing happens without us. Our clients are out there to create, grow businesses, hire people, make the economy and the entire economic engine run. And nothing happens without capital and without the ability to manage risk. And so we play a really foundational role in the global economy. And I'm very proud to be part of this industry and the work that we do every day. Yeah, fantastic. I'm very interesting. I actually went to law school myself. So it actually took me a few more years to actually be drawn into the insurance industry, but it sounded like it really actually fast forwarded your career, gave you some great experience early on. And is, is that where you sort of developed your passion for the sector in, in those early days? 
It really is. And it has grown over the years as I've met more people have been involved in different aspects of the business. So that early experience within an insurance company, and I think being able to work with smart people that had legal backgrounds that was sort of in line with what I wanted to do or thought I wanted to do at that point in time was really beneficial. The opportunity that I had at such an early age to lead teams, handle complex problems, and, and be trusted with good decision-making and negotiating when it was the company's checkbook, essentially, that I was managing. I thought it was uh, really a unique set of circumstances, and I'm grateful for it. Moving on to the broker side of the business, I had the same uh, good fortune to work with some really smart people, entrepreneurs who had built companies. And as I started to get into that world, I became just fascinated by what could be created with a great idea, desire to align great people around a common mission and to deliver something unique and outstanding to customers across a whole wide array of industry. So to me, it's been a, a tremendous place to explore my own curiosity about business, to work with people, and to build something really unique. I always think that's such a great thing about the insurance industry. It really is a meritocracy. If you perform well at an early age, you can be given responsibility and opportunity. I actually think that does differ slightly with the legal profession. It's about years experience, how you know, taking a lot of time to build up that experience and expertise. But in insurance, you do really get that opportunity from a young age, which I think is great. Sean, if we could sort of like fast forward to where we are present day, your role at Epic Insurance Brokers. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will have a very good understanding of, of, of Epic, clearly a, a great brand. But if you could maybe share with our listeners a little bit more about the business, your role within the business and, and what you're looking to achieve there. Certainly. Yeah, I'm very fortunate to be part of Epic and to be part of such a great brand. I think the story of our company is fascinating. So this was founded in 2007 by two partners, friends who had a desire to build a unique insurance brokerage platform. And at the time, Nick, this was thought, at least in the early days, thought to be a California-specific firm where they would attract talent from other places to come and, and really take care of their customers here in a way that empowered them to make great decisions, create an equity model where those early you know, participants could uh, see value as the company grew and its success accelerated. And I think it grew faster and more successfully than even the two co-founders had uh contemplated. And so what's been fun about that is, you know, as time went on, they hit revenue marks or goals very, very quickly. And it became apparent that this brand really could become something national in scope and scale. And we have the ability to attract more and more people to it. And that is what really attracted me. If I go back to 2017, when I was making my own decisions around what do I want to do, take my skills next, I'd come out of a large uh, publicly held company and thought I wanted something more entrepreneurial, something private, something that was big enough where I could deliver services and resources to clients, attract talent to the platform, but also that wasn't fully maxed out in terms of its capacity or size. And so to me, that's where Epic really had a, an interesting story. And I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to join the firm at that time. We have grown what feels like exponentially since I've been here. And the trajectory is, you know, unbelievable. Uh, it's, I look at the future and what we have in store, some of the new places we're getting involved, we're making investments. It's, it's just a fascinating time to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounded like it's perfect timing for you and the right opportunity at, at the right time. Sean, I know it's very early there at the moment, 6 a.m. 
in California right now, as we are in the insurance coffee house today, what is your go-to? Do you have a go-to coffee of choice in the morning that sets you up for the day? You know, Nick, <laughs> although this is a coffee house, I am not a coffee drinker. So uh, I've, I've always been a fitness and workout guy. So my coffee yeah. is typically some pre-workout uh, mixed in with some water and electrolytes. And that's my coffee. So I'm bringing that to the coffee house this morning in my uh, <laughs> in my water bottle. In, in the protein shake. Yeah, oh, well, brilliant. Yeah, for some reason, I had a feeling you might say that, Sean. I'm not quite sure what it was, but yeah, I had a feeling that that might be the start to your day. Great way to, to bring a lot of energy to your day. So thank you for that. Sean, if I can start asking you about leadership, how did you break into your first leadership position? And how did you find that transition from previous role, which might have been more technical or more customer facing? Yeah. So I think I've been, again, fortunate to have leadership opportunities at almost every stage in my career. And I think the first real opportunity I had, Nick, was going back many years ago to that insurance company experience in that tenure. And the way that looked was I was in a technical claims handling role, working on litigated claims and files. But I think the leadership team knew that I also had a very strong capability to align people around an idea and a message and could see me as a good leader of teams. And so um, I was tasked with, let, we want you to do two things, build and grow a young, smart, aggressive claims team, and two, help us recruit new talent to the industry. So a role was essentially created where I could do those two things. And I loved it. Uh, there was no roadmap for it. No one had done it before. and but I love the challenge of it. And over a period of, I think the following year to two years, I had one of the claims directors approach me and said, I don't know what you have done, but you have assembled an unbelievable group of very smart young people. They're organized, they're disciplined, they make good decisions and we're outperforming other like teams in the company. And I took that as a real compliment to, you know, the ability to attract and select the right people, bring them into a platform, train them well, and then empower them to make really good decisions. So that was probably the first real leadership role, but I've, I've been blessed to have those opportunities along the way at most steps of my career. It sounds like something that obviously that role at a very young age, leadership must come very naturally to you. During your career today, what would you say has been the biggest achievement in your leadership career so far? I don't think I've achieved it yet. <laughs> I, I think, I, I honestly think there are bigger things for me to do. And I don't think... Uh, I would, I would classify anything that I've done yet as the biggest achievement. Brilliant. I love that answer. I, I absolutely love that answer. Watch out. We'll have to record an episode in five years and uh, I'll ask you that question again. I'd love that. <laughs> Sean, flipping things around slightly, has there ever been a time in your career where you've been overlooked for a position or an opportunity? I mean, yeah, how have you gone about dealing with that? There have been many. And I think anybody listening to this show could probably relate to that. I think it's hard in the moment as it is for anybody. You're disappointed. You think, what could I have done differently? I think there's always a context around opportunities that come and go that we don't fully understand in the, in the present moment. And typically, if it's me, you know, so focused on what I'm hoping to achieve or accomplish in that situation that you may not understand some of the other forces at play. And I think time and space gives you perspective where you can look at that and it depends. Everybody's different. You can look at that and say, if you were passed over for something, that was the worst loss of my career. And it, it takes people down a path. I tend to view it as 
everything happens in a perfect order and sequence. And if something doesn't go your way, it can typically be catalyst that push you in a different direction. It could be something that you weren't well suited for. It could be there was a political dynamic around that that didn't make sense at the time, but with a little bit of space and distance, it does. So I have never spent a lot of time looking at things like that Mm. in a negative light. I've simply viewed them as, yeah, they're disappointing in the moment. But the trick, in my view, is to keep that moment where you feel disappointed very, very short and realize there is a bright path out there in the future. It's your responsibility to go and you know move forward and be open to that decision, that what feels like a loss in the moment telling you to something better in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And understanding that there may well be a reason why that opportunity wasn't right. Maybe at that time, we couldn't see it ourselves and we didn't understand that ourselves. But over the long term, there was, there was a reason there. And like you say, it's propelling you onto different and, and, and more challenging things. Thank you for that, Sean. Really, really appreciate it. The, the, most, the most successful people I talk to, one of the things I love about our industry, Nick, is the ability to touch particularly entrepreneurs in so many different industries. And one commonality I have seen with all of them, the really hyper successful, is they will tell you they've had more losses than they have wins in their careers. And that there have always been points in the road where they thought they were going right and the universe pushed them left and it was the best thing possible. So I would try to keep that in mind too. And whether it's myself or talking to others who end up at those forks in the road where they may be disappointed with a decision or something that didn't come their way, sometimes it can be a blessing and it's the best thing that could happen to them because it's going to propel them in a new direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. Bringing things up to the present day now, how is Epic adopting technology, implementing digital change to really meet the needs of your customers at the moment? That's a fantastic question. And it's a smart question. Um, I think we are uniquely positioned. I'm biased, of course, because I'm part of the organization. But I think you lead with the people that are really at the the top of the organization. And the fact that we are entrepreneur driven is a big bonus and plus in my, in my view, we know customers want and will demand a digital experience in the future. And so there are all kinds of benefits to that. The customer experience is better internally. We can become more efficient and smarter about the way we do our business. And so we are making a lot of changes, not just in terms of how we interface with the customers on the retail side of the business, but we are actively looking at investment opportunities in InsurTech with uh, our holding co. And so we have a real eye towards how the industry is going to be moving towards digital and the adoption of that. And then looking at where we can take, whether they're investments at our hold co level or changes we make fundamentally within the, the retail or wholesale distribution platforms and layer that onto existing business to create a better user experience. And for us, more efficiency and more profitability. And also, I think there's value for the team members that work for us as well, giving them a better experience overall. And again, using technology to do all of that. So I'm, I'm very bullish on the way we're approaching that and how that's going to impact our business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And is that technology piece the challenge or the opportunity that you see ahead now for insurance companies, insurance brokerages, insurance agencies. Clearly for some, it's going to be a challenge. For others, maybe like Epic, that is really where where the opportunity is. How how do you see the insurance market developing over the next couple of years? 
I think you said it very well, Nick. I think it's going to be split. I think you're going to have some firms that have been behind on this issue, and they are probably going to, I think a lot of them could be acquired by others that have embraced this change and this big pivot that's happening. The other thing that's going on concurrent with this is going to be, especially if you look at the retail business in the United States, you know, we have some demographic realities to contend with as well, where you're going to have a, a large group of the industry retiring out over the next five, 10 years that maybe have been slow to adopt technology. So I think it's going to create a big pivot with mm -hmm. firms and professionals who are ready to embrace it. And I think for us, it's going to be a huge competitive advantage because the faster we can get to a place where we have created our own unique propositions, leveraging technology, the more competitive we're going to be, the better our customer experience is going to be. I just think it has a whole array of opportunity tied to it. It's like many things in life, Nick. I think it's how you look at it. I'm very bullish on it. I think it's an industry and a sector that has been slow to adopt, if I were to generalize. And I think for all of us that are in the space and are inclined to embrace technology, it's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Listeners will be aware of our podcast series that we're running at the moment with InsureTechs and just some of the technology that can really enable and help brokers, help carriers and provide a positive outcome for, for, their, for their customers. is It's just really exciting to see. And I think that's just going to develop more and more over the next few years. So I think if you've got that mindset, like you say, I think guys the limit really going forward. Sean brings us nicely onto our espresso round where the questions are short, sharp and straight to the point. So I know you're not much of a coffee man. You, you prefer that, that pre-workout regime in the morning, but are you ready for an espresso now? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's go. The espresso round. Sean, what are the characteristics about Epic Insurance Brokers that make it such a great company to be part of and such a great place to work at? A couple of things. People first. I know every company talks about that. The reality is we, from day one, have really been judicious in picking the best people. We empower them in a culture where they are trusted to make great decisions on behalf of their clients. We want their input to help grow and expand our business, our service offering. And then we have a big belief in the value of specialization. So you'll meet people in our company that have a unique specialty in an industry or a space. We want to support that with resources, investment, and make sure that they have the most compelling proposition available to the marketplace possible. So I think you put those combination of elements together, it makes us very, very powerful and very unique. And absolutely, with what you were saying earlier about your leadership style, it seems like you know that's a great match for you personally as well, and those people first and that specialization. Sean, what opportunities do you provide to high-performing insurance professionals and leaders who might want to progress their career to that, that next level? Yeah, I think, again, I'm biased because I'm part of uh, the organization and a, and a big proponent of it. I think if professionals are in other places, you've got a couple choices. If you look at the retail side of the business in the United States, you could work for a big publicly traded broker. That carries some benefits to it, big name, big brand, resources. The career pathing for individuals inside of those organizations can be limited at times. It can be very bureaucratic, very political. If you go to a smaller firm in the retail side of the U.S. business, you may lack the resources necessary to really service that large account, even a, a mid-market size account, and do it properly. Mm -hmm. I think our platform provides the best of both worlds where we can provide all of the resources and scale, technology, 
support you would need if you were an insurance producer to handle a large complex risk. And at the same time, it's an entrepreneurial place where that same talented individual would have an opportunity to grow their career, grow their teams. If they're inclined, have an equity opportunity to participate in the firm's success outside of just their own individual sales success. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very unique combination. And the fact that we're not done yet, we, we have grown to a size where we have a significant platform, but all that is doing is accelerating the entrepreneurial opportunities that are afforded us to make investments in new space, whether it's insure tech, wealth management, or some of these other things that we're doing. So I think it's a very, very unique platform to be big enough to have the scale necessary, and yet not so big and bureaucratic that the opportunity set for people joining us today is diminished. Yeah, that certainly sounds like the best of both worlds. And that entrepreneurial spirit, I think, is a is a great quality and a great thing to be able to offer people, particularly in this day and age where you know there's a lot more graduates coming out of college who are looking for entrepreneurial businesses where they can really make a mark rather than maybe things 20, 30 years ago where people were looking for a career where they could climb the ladder and have a very much different long-term trajectory. Sean, what are the the top three skills or behaviors that you demand in the insurance executives that you hire there? In no particular order, be collaborative. The organization gets so much better the more we can share ideas and information. So I think collaboration and being inclined that way is, is very, very important. Be a great communicator. There are so many things that we do as a business. And even if someone is a specialist in a certain area, I would love to see them talk about everything that we do in a way that if they're talking to a center of influence, somebody in the marketplace, they can convey beyond just their core competency, what they what we do as a firm and how that can impact someone. That's how we create new opportunities, attract new people, new customers to, to the company. And I think that's a very, very important skill. So collaboration, I would prize, communication skills, I would prize. And then the third, and this is maybe more personal to me, I really value tenacity. And I say that because the work that we do can be difficult. If you look at the U.S. market in certain parts of our business today, property casualty specifically, the market has hardened. It can be more challenging to get programs constructed for clients. I want to see that character trait where someone will work through the problems, the challenges to get to a solution and not give up or quit early in the process because it's just too difficult. So... Those are the things that I look for in individuals and that I value highly. And as part of that recruitment process, as part of attracting people to the company, what frustrations do you have? What challenges do you have sometimes when you're recruiting people into the company? What challenges can you face with that process? I'd say my biggest personal frustration or challenge is the fact that I can't focus on it 100% of the time, all the time, because I would love to do that. I think there are some very talented people out there who would benefit from being part of our organization. And part of my role is to go find and attract those people. I wish there were two of me so I could have you know one, one focus just on that exclusively. So that's maybe a personal frustration with it. I think the other, Nick, is People have choice right now in terms of where they want to go to work, and they may be looking at multiple platforms, multiple teams, and deciphering quickly where an individual, how they're prioritizing that in their own mind, what their timing is. And then at the end of the day, especially if we work with sales teams, there is that moment if they decide that Epic is going to be their new home, and we certainly hope that's always the case. Then there's that moment of how confident are they that clients 
will see that move in a favorable light and trying to gauge how that person is going to feel through that transition process. So I, I believe in recruiting. I spend a lot of time on there's the logic business case side of it, which is important. They need to understand the platform that they're going to have access to at Epic if they're coming from another broker, another firm, what they can deliver to clients. But there's the emotional IQ part of it that's incredibly important. It's understanding that that individual is making a change. They're moving to a new brand, a new home. That comes with it all kinds of emotions, excitement, fear, concern, doubt. And so being able to talk through that with that candidate very openly and create an environment where they feel supported, I think is really uh, an important part of the recruitment process as well. So it's it's logical, left brain stuff, but it's also the emotional IQ that's really the big driver behind how people make decisions and you want them to feel supported as they do that. So again, I wish I had all of my time devoted just to this space because honestly, that's that's how we can differentiate and win is the more talented people my teams and I can attract to our platform, the better our clients will be in the long run and the more competitive our firm becomes. I'm sure Epic would certainly value having two of you there, Sean, as well. (laughs) On that note, Sean, if there are any insurance executives or leaders out there who are considering their next move or opportunity right now, what would your advice be to them? My advice first, make sure you stay tuned to Nick's podcast. I think what you're doing for the industry is phenomenal. So thank you for all that you do to contribute to to this industry. Second thing, we are always looking to strike up a conversation with talented people. Whether you're a coffee drinker, you prefer a pre-workout, anything like that, uh, I'd love to connect. Visit our website, epicbrokers.com, epicbrokers.com. Best place to go for a feel for all of the things that we do and that we offer to our clients and to the industry. If they want to connect with me, Nick, um, LinkedIn is probably the best. LinkedIn.com forward slash the Sean Conrad. LinkedIn.com forward slash the Sean Conrad. You can find me there. Connect with me on Instagram as well, at Sean Conrad. Again, at Sean Conrad on Instagram. Happy to connect with anybody on any one of those social platforms. And again, check out epicbrokers.com, our public website to see all the things that we do and to subscribe to our insights and, and thought leadership pieces to get a feel for some of the content that we create as well. Awesome. Thanks that, Sean. We'll be certain to post all those different links to the show notes so people can click straight through and we'll put that through as well on some of our social media platforms so people can reach out straight through to you. Sean, thank you so much for joining us in the Insurance Coffee House today. It's been Real pleasure to have you on the show. I think the work you're doing there at Epic is very, very interesting. I think it's really providing a great opportunity for people to work very closely with technology, very fast-paced business, but also with some real quality leaders and quality insurance professionals there as well, serving your clients. So thank you very much for your time today, Sean. It's been a pleasure to have you. Nick, it's been a pleasure being here. Thank you again. Absolute pleasure. To all the insurance business leaders out there, wherever you're listening around the world today, we thank you for joining us. I'm sure you would have gained a lot from what Sean has had to say. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or I'd like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Codley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House. Take care. 
You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.